0: This episode of Laser Time is brought to you by eLiquid. Get thirty percent off your purchase plus free U.S. shipping by going to eLiquid.com/Laser30 and using promo code Laser30 at checkout. can you spare a dime it's laser time oh that rhymed, that rhymed too. oh god sometimes you just pull an intro out of your anus at the last second <laughs> hi everybody welcome to the internet 16th leading pop culture shows we continue our down downward slide with terrible adult topics uh, such as this one uh, and i i actually like this because this is the show evolving with me and hopefully evolving with you yeah we start laser time started out uh picking topics and doing a bunch of research and finding the right people to talk about those subjects and those subjects started out being like cool swords (laughs) laser guns and then lately we've done a couple things about like famous strikes or uh Smoking legislation, which yes, I understand. There's irony with vape ads being on, uh, <laughs> being on the episode about, but it, it it was it was a coincidence, and it'll happen again in this episode. <laughs> so yes, don't bother pointing out the irony. I'm well aware, and this episode is no different. A little bit more of an adult topic because we are celebrating a little anniversary. Talked about briefly on our sister show thirty twenty ten, but we'll elaborate more on here. Uh, but not through my intelligence, because I'm dumb as fuck. Uh, we have smarter people to talk about the 10-year anniversary of the recession that almost killed us all. Uh, hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Hey, this is Sam. Hey, that is hey, Sam. Sarah. And that is Sarah. And ho- this should be interesting. We were talking about this upstairs, and for a while, actually. This is this is one of those, I think, the most impactful thing that ever happened to the economy to us personally that you felt. Absolutely. I, Every time there's that's the little secret. Every time there's a Republican president, we get a recession. Uh, and I and you don't always feel it. Um, I feel something coming now, but mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I just don't make enough money to like
1: be that impacted by the economy typically. Um, yeah. but I mean, I think in the case of the great recession, the one that we had in 2008, yeah, uh, that kind of hit just about everybody. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, it, it when you brought it up, like, do you have any recollections? Like, I did
0: like float like a drunk like baby through this whole thing. I saw all these things happening around me, but I was so concerned with my this new life I'd created for myself mm-hmm. that everything was already different mm-hmm. and I was already struggling that I thought it didn't affect me at all. And it maybe didn't.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think, because when we were talking about this before, I think that we all kind of come down in two camps. And one of them is are people like Sam who... Mm-hmm is very well versed in exactly what happened in the ins and outs mm-hmm. and how we got to where we were and has like read all the articles and read all the books mm-hmm. and then people like me where during that time i knew something bad was going on yes. but i like it also didn't feel like it was going to affect me immediately and i also felt like it was too big for me to do anything about so mm-hmm. i was just like I don't know. I don't know what this is, and I all I know is that there's nothing I can do immediately to stop it. So I'm just gonna try to continue with my life.
0: Oh, and and yes, before we bring this up, it's a great time to say, when this episode drops, this will date it. Get the fuck out there and vote. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a certain portion of this country that has gotten way too. uh Way too happy with Nazis and clan members mm-hmm. and uh uh just what what do you want to call them like disco capitalists like <laughs> like <laughs> so yeah if you want to show uh if you want to tell the world that uh Nazis shouldn't be part of your party and uh maybe it, we th- we may discuss this more in bonus probably not but like th- we ha- we had our first mass shooting and that happened at the place my sister yeah. works at mm-hmm um, she was not there, but there was a moment. All of my family is calling me while her phone is off, oh, geez. trying to confirm whether my sister's involved in a mass shooting. Um, and that happens when uh, uh, certain politicians don't prioritize health care, meaning mental health mm-hmm. and gut control. Mm-hmm. And there's one side that has been come down consistently on the wrong side of that
3: argument.
2: Also, when certain politicians help facilitate an atmosphere where women are routinely disrespected and treated like garbage and a certain population is being told that they're the ones being disenfranchised and all the bad things happen to them. I have
0: been... Against my better judgment, researching the hell out of the shooters, trying to figure out who he is, what, and the only thing we got on him is like, that guy is a fucking serial butt grabber. Yeah, he's uh, an
1: incel as fuck. And keep in mind, it, it would only, you would know better than me, I guess. It only would have taken one woman with a gun in her yoga pants to have
0: stopped Sure. The, uh,
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, as long as we're all armed. That
0: makes no I always say, let's like, there are these new supercars on the road with razor blades for bumpers, and they go like 500 miles an hour. You should just wear a giant bubble suit all the time. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> Maybe it's the giant cars with razor blades for, mm. with the opaque windshields and the razor blades for bumpers. Maybe it's their fault. Maybe they need to be. No, it's your fault. You don't have a car with razor blades for bumpers. Uh, you should go get one, and then
1: you wouldn't be hit by them. Yeah. That's not fair. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have to engage in your stupid hobby or toy to make myself protected. I am uh, interested in hearing uh, what's the uh, need more guns argument for the yoga studio. I mean, is that seriously the fucking solution? <laughs> yeah. Where do you put it? Does Wait, how do you every a, business need an armed guard? How do you do Seriously. hot stone fucking yoga? Yeah. You have to fucking
0: like just get Christmas diehard tape and put it to your back. Like,
2: <laughs> how are you supposed to stay armed and protected? And you know, in a hot yoga, you're going to be sweaty. Right. That tape That's is not, gonna not going to stay on. John stick. McClane, absolutely. It's not.
0: The only John's unrealistic going to about that whole movie. Yeah. Also, Merry Christmas. It's two days after Halloween. Um,
2: <laughs> we got. I think we've gotten a little uh, off track. Dave the shit yeah.
0: of this episode. Well, it's it's going to be. We'll make it silly. We'll make it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll give you some. uh uh, some sugar uh, sugar with your medicine
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, we're gonna marry Poppins this shit up
2: well that's the other thing too is that this is like you said like mm-hmm. we've experienced recessions before we just may not have really noticed them this is the first time I feel like we had pop culture reflect that back totally. to us mm-hmm. and now we have movies that actually fictional movies not documentaries like actual entertainment movies that reflect what happened yeah, to and that's, us. and that's
0: why i feel comfortable talking about it and it's you know if you've ever seen me in my darkest place referring to this job when we started this podcast the world was a lot simpler we it was more likely we'd all experience the same movies and television shows this this started like right at the beginning of netflix streaming and mm-hmm. but now the world is so like stratified you we all might not be watching the same thing at any given time or the yeah. same film, but th- these kind of experiences are things that we all will experience. This is There's more unification in this economic breakdown of 08 than any
1: film that came out other yep. than Dark Knight and Iron Man. Obviously. And yeah, obviously. because, like, you know, things with the housing <laughs> crisis, I don't think that, like, did not affect Republicans or did yeah. not affect Democrats. Everybody kind yeah, of, you mm-hmm. know, that owned a house. It got everybody. No one went to jail, yeah. but uh, I will That's get to right. that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but
0: is there is there any great intro to this as we throw to break real fast? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we tease this? Uh, we will talk about how it affected us mm-hmm. uh, personally, yeah. but but more objectively, how it affected everybody. But I can't wait to talk about this because this is the kind of thing. Sometimes my, my reading comprehension in economic articles when new york times like oh i i disappeared and went to a hibernative state during like six paragraphs of this article mm-hmm. <laughs> my eyes saw it i can remember what i read it just mm-hmm. didn't it didn't track so right. podcasts helped me do this a little better so get ready for get ready for something a little different from laser time all right yeah. we'll be right
3: back welcome to
0: vaping season people You know I'm a proponent of vaping, and I'm still really happy I made the switch to e-cigarettes and e-liquid, but it is not without its perils. Sometimes finding the right parts, flavors, brands, that can be a pain if you're trying to shop locally. There's only so much inventory a shop can hold, but not eliquid.com, baby. They've got over 44,000 products in stock, and they're so sure they can make you a fan, they are giving LaserTime Time listeners 30% off your first order by going to eliquid.com slash laser30 and using promo code laser30 at checkout. I am a complete eliquid convert, you know that. No more hopping from local store to local store to find my stuff in stock. Eliquid.com has everything. Thing. With over 1,800 e-liquids, hardware, replacement coils, pod systems, and vape accessories, it's almost impossible to not find what you're looking for. Even better, they ship fast. Order by 2 p.m. Pacific, and most orders ship the same day. And unless you live in Arkansas, Washington, and Utah, you continental, continental, continental U.S. orders ship free with no minimum order value required. Seriously, peep that website. It is easy to navigate. The customer reviews can help you discover new stuff. And it's seriously the easiest, most painless online experience I've ever had with vape products. And hey, the holidays are coming up and maybe you know someone who's due for a bit of a lifestyle change, if you know what I'm saying. So give it a shot. And to get 30% off your purchase and free US shipping, go to eliquid.com laser 30 and use promo code Laser30. At 30 is a three and a zero, people. Once again, that website is E L I Q U I D dot com slash laser30, and use promo code laser30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. You like this podcast? Hey, you might like Plowdy Pod. Plouty Pod is the think tank that answers the questions that nobody asked. Like, what would you do if Michael Sarah kidnapped your uncle? Or would you rather be Trump's wife or Putin's mistress? Or maybe if you could choose any publication at all to publish your nude photo shoot, what would it be? You know mine would be 321 contact. But this isn't about me, it's about Plowdy Pod. And you can check out Plouty Pod and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your Plowdy Podcasts.
4: Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com/lasertime. It supports not only this show but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Yeah,
0: because I I'd never heard from anybody who's done this before. You're talking about my chromosomes? Your chromosomes. Let me tell you. About
4: <laughs> well, I decided to do the, the 23andMe, the old uh, DNA test, because... Any reason know, why? Well, I just wanted a corporation to have my DNA. You know, I, like Deep down, I was like, you know what to do with this. because like, that is. I a... want to join the X-Men. I want to somehow... Like, you know, I just think it's going to facilitate yes, something.
0: Yes, I, I want a last Starfighter situation. Exactly. Like, there he is. One we of the greatest him. movies of all time. But, but like... But were you curious about your background? Oh, that's why well,
4: you don't have a brother or sister. Correct. I'm an only child, mm-hmm. and I was told, at a, like in my adulthood, that that I was the product of artificial insemination. Ooh, giggity. And Those, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so yes, yeah, turkey based herb. Yeah, um basically. Yeah. But you know, so you have no dad. Well, I did have a dad, oh, but I but he wasn't my biological father. You know, so did you know that at the time? No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that till long. I mean, I was I was well into my twenties before I was that was disclosed to me. Mm. Um, so that you know that was interesting to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when all this all these DNA testing you know sites came on Ancestry and Twenty Three andme you know it it was sort of like, uh, like hey, the, the why Facebook
0: not? of sperm. <laughs> Put exactly. your DNA here, and we will uh, we will sell your sperm to Cambridge Analytica, and eventually right. steal your vote.
4: Get bonus time—a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast—every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreoncom lasertime <laughs>
0: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, hopefully, you're not in for too depressing of a topic because we, Diana did ask people to share their anecdotes in the LaserTime official Facebook community, and people did. And like, your anecdotes were very, very compelling. This because, like, I, all well, the weird fucking ways this, this directly affected people. Because you would, I don't know where we wanted to start this. How are you going to set the scene for. Okay, well, know, I can
1: start with my story about Tim.
2: Yeah, that's yes. a good place yeah. to start.
1: An anonymous Tim. So for mm-hmm. me, the, the way I experienced this, um, I first noticed this like before the recession actually occurred. I had a friend that moved back from Orlando in uh, 2004, and he had told me that he put his house on the market and it sold the same day that he put it on the market. Mm-hmm. And in 04? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because uh, you know that wasn't the peak of the um, the big housing craze at the time. And as but, far as
0: The Big Short led me to believe, pretty much the subprime mortgage, mortgage crisis was people. Were the banks getting rich off of allowing people who couldn't really afford homes and putting them in homes immediately
1: for uh, mortgages right. that they knew they couldn't really pay or support? Yeah, so there's like a lot of different actors here. But really, with the, uh, the banks, um, lenders, you know, you have to go back to like how um, a mortgage worked traditionally. Uh, mm-hmm. The bank, you know, lends you money for the house and you pay them back interest, and that's yeah, how they make go, their you money. You go see Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. Right. Jimmy yeah, Stewart. I will build Bill's house and <laughs> Dale's house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We bring you over wine and a good,
0: a good ham every time we (laughs) get a a house.
1: (laughs) But you jump forward into the uh, aughts, like the early and like mid two thousands, and what's actually happening there is a bank is. Uh lending you money for the house and then just selling your mortgage to another institution, mm-hmm. which would then package it up into like an investment vehicle, something called like a mortgage-backed security or, oh, these or are a, the CBD sing Ryan yeah, Gosling tried to explain. Yeah, a CDO, collateralized oh, debt obligation. <laughs> anyway, so they package a bunch of those up onto the market and sell them to investors. Now that works okay if the uh, mortgages mortgages are good, but with the mm-hmm. subprime market, that's not really the case. And You know, these are supposed to be like rated instruments where, you know, one is more risky than Mm -hmm. the other. But the problem you have there is you have these big rating agencies that are supposed to, you know, give you a a fair rating on what they are, but they have a financial interest in doing more ratings. So it's kind of like, uh, have you ever heard of like binding arbitration where Mm -hmm. you have, um, you know, the arbitrator, uh, it makes money by doing more arbitration. So they don't have, you know, they have an interest in making more was, money by that, that ruling a certain way. Steve Carell
0: went to that woman in the big short where, like, it just sort of figures out, like, if you don't continue to rate these a certain way, your job doesn't exist. Right. So it's not, it's not, it's this weird form of corruption where, like, if you rate these too poorly, you are just, you are out of business. Your company doesn't exist. Because right.
2: people won't go to them for ratings anymore?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like this, this weird indirect corruption that mm-hmm. that occurs and in, in this state and I, I don't think i think there were certain people who were aware of that but it didn't see
1: like the drawbacks were going to be this big right mm-hmm. and um part of uh, the rating process um that would come into play is uh, getting insurance on these uh, on these mortgages, and that insurance is in the form of something you might have heard about in the news called a credit default swap. Yes. What that basically oh, is man. is like it's oh an, boy, yeah, it's basically like an insurance on the uh, security that says like okay if it fails, I got two Mega Man twos and a little Samson, I'd like to swap that for some credit, <laughs> yeah, credit defaulty. But it's it's basically like an insurance policy, but oh. this exists in a part of Wall Street that surprise surprise is not very well regulated. It's called uh, derivatives. It's not okay. regulated. Well
2: so wait, back up for a second. So right. the insurance the insurance is to insure these groups of mortgages that are right. being bought by banks. Exactly. And the insurance or by investment, people who want to invest exactly. their investment vehicles. And so people get it insured against what?
1: Uh, it defaulting, like the mortgages like not being paid.
0: You
2: know, okay. the borrowers Which don't
1: pay their mortgage. Right. Christian, Christian Bale was doing in Big
0: Short, like yeah. heavily yeah. investing in these things that were insuring things that were Showing lifetime a, – a lifelong safety uh, thing that don't need these insurance. Things. Right. Because they well, rarely
1: ever default. Yeah. Ex- well, because the rating
0: agencies yeah. say, like, you know, these are great. These are fine.
1: Um, these are perfect. Why bother investing in the insurance of these because they never, ever go bad? Right. Mm-hmm. But the problem with uh, what I meant about it being, like, an unregulated space is, mm-hmm. like um, – uh, I can't buy like a homeowner's or fire insurance policy on your house. Yeah, with a you know a credit default swap, <laughs> a would lot lead of people do a couple bad things. That sounds very <laughs> mafia. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I mean, like you wouldn't. I mean, if the fire department had a fire insurance mm-hmm. policy on your house, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's messed up." Now you have a financial interest in my failure. That I get a notarized email. Shame if something were happen to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so when multiple people can buy that insurance policy on your house, mm-hmm. it's that's that is just a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how else to describe it. You yeah, why would you, have you a why bunch
2: w- of people rooting for your failure Yeah, betting in
1: life. on your fa- on American mm-hmm. failure. Sure. And the insurance uh, the insurer is getting these ratings from the uh, ratings agency that's saying, "Nah, it's fine." Yeah, so mm-hmm. they'll sell more and more of these policies and this happened a lot with a company called AIG. Mm-hmm. And then the housing collapse uh, occurred. And then suddenly, AIG is on the hook for all this money they don't have. Mm. Okay, the and AIG
2: that, was the insurer, exactly. Okay. And they're a yeah. soccer team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they, sorry, they do. They are a logo on some soccer. Oh, team, okay. right?
2: yeah, I think they it's are. It's very confusing. I'm sure they own a stadium at the very least.
1: <laughs> oh, footy ball, footy. But from there, that's like attached to so many parts of the economy and that's just that was sort of the point where you have this just gigantic collapse and the government you know finally stepped in that that
0: affected i guess everybody cuz there's not just individuals buying houses but there's
1: businesses buying yeah I and mean, pro- probably taking out loans on sure. their sure and during the housing crisis too you have a lot of people that are just like um, buying properties they don't even need because, you know, okay. it's the old boomer adage. It's an investment. It's not like mm-hmm. a house you live in. Right. It's this thing that makes I'm you I'm going to use later. your domicile as a poker chip. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> so, so how, when did it come in then, the, the subprime, mortgages like how so at some point i guess after the financial industry learned like hey we can bundle these mortgages together and then we can buy insurance on them Mm -hmm. someone some shithead obviously came up with the idea let's give a bunch of mortgages to people who will probably default on them and then that'll make us even richer
1: Sure, and that okay. was probably happening in the uh, the mid aughts. But those really the subprime's defaults when they started failing mm-hmm. was probably the middle of two thousand seven. Okay, and from there it was a downward slide. And uh, that's that's why you brought it up to me. I didn't notice. Yeah, I moved well, out why to, would you? Like, I moved out to San Francisco in oh six.
0: I got a full time job there in oh seven with Benny's, but no one's really buying in San Francisco. Sure. Mm-hmm. So we don't notice housing defaults. But what we when people you were just asking me what I did notice like. I get there and it is like the last days of like the bohemian poet artist <laughs> shit. And then overnight, newspaper is adorning every single window on every street. Like yeah. every business closed. And then the reason why this city sucks now is because that allowed like hyper rich people who played their chips well during this recession end up buying everything. So instead of like this 40-year-old beat poet
1: bar that's been sustainable forever, it ended up defaulting. And then now you have it very expensive stereo store. (laughs) Right. So my wife and I at the time, uh, you know, went to a bank to buy a house and, um, we were talking with a guy in, you know, at the bank and he showed us what we would be paying, um, you know per month with insurance and all that stuff for the house and it was like fourteen hundred dollars and i was like holy shit i mean Mm -hmm. that's a lot of money even today right and i looked at the um looked on the map where the house was and i was like hey this is like basically across the street across the street from the county landfill i was like (laughs) no i'm not like knocking anybody that lives yeah that's good landfill yeah. Every morning, you never know
0: what you're going to smell. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, and I'm not knocking anyone that lives near a Could be diapers, but, but
0: February 15th, roses. <laughs> <laughs> Lots and of roses. Chocolate yeah. and roses.
1: <laughs> and uh, that's when I noticed, like, I'm like, what? This, something is not right about this. Mm. And it um, turns out I was right. Uh, so my wife and I just decided, like, well, clearly we're not meant to be homeowners right now because I'm not paying that kind of money to live out there yeah, and for the like, next like, 30 years. No
0: one is thinking of homeownership. I had mm-hmm. one right. friend who... And some listeners know, like, took took advantage of this and got, like, a crazy steal of a deal, but, like, you still needed a lot of money to be a homeowner Mm -hmm. uh, that we didn't have at the time when you're making twenty seven grand a year in the most expensive
1: city in the universe. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, that was a a ton of money for living out there. That just didn't seem reasonable to me, and we passed on it, thank God. And um, because just a few months later, uh, the whole subprime collapse began, and that same house would probably have cost, like peanuts three years later.
4: Really? Yeah. Mm.
3: Mm.
2: So when you say then, like, when the housing market collapsed, that refers to when everyone started defaulting on their loans and then the bill came for the insurance and the insurers couldn't pay their bill. And so that's what that means. Yeah. Okay.
1: When the investment banks, yeah, started really collapsing, that was in 2008. It started with one called Bear Stearns and an even bigger one um, later on in September, which is pretty much where everyone, you know, marks like the real collapse is happening. Was it Lehman? Yes, it was Lehman Brothers actually. This is going to be one of the watershed days in financial markets history.
0: It was a manic Monday in the financial markets. The Dow tumbled more than 500 points after two pillars of the street tumbled over the weekend. Lehman Brothers, a
4: 158-year-old firm, filed for bankruptcy.
5: I don't think anyone really expected a bank as big as Lehman to uh, you know, be in a position that it's in now.
4: Brought down by bad mortgage
0: investments, Lehman, which has 25,000 employees, will be liquidated.
6: I'm starting to find another job.
0: Meanwhile, Merrill Lynch, fearing it could be next, agreed in an act of desperation to a shotgun marriage with Bank of America. Merrill, the country's biggest brokerage with 60,000 employees, had been battered by nearly $50 billion in mortgage-related losses. Yeah,
1: is that why we? Is Meryl Lynch is still around, right? Merrill Lynch, I believe. Yeah, um, I don't, if they've got, if they're not around anymore, mm-hmm. that's been more recent. I know they were around after the collapse, though. Mm-hmm. Um, their CEO is even featured in what was that one movie that we looked up? Too big to fail. I, I believe think so. It's we'll by talk, yeah, and we'll talk yeah. about
2: that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good. Um, Aha,
1: back to pop culture. <laughs> yeah, fail. Exactly. I saw that movie, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, Lehman Brothers, you know that that was their business selling those mortgage-backed securities. Mm-hmm. So when suddenly those started defaulting, they just became worthless. Yeah, and they were a large investment bank.
0: Yeah, so you're not only looking at a massive loss of jobs, but but any economy based around home ownership, mm-hmm. which is sort of a state. I don't know if you think of the American dream, that's very much a part of it. That's what we're all working towards,
2: right? And a part and, that I never really understood, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, and maybe it's the millennial in me, but. You know, for a long time as a young person and when I was, like, getting into my career, I kind of just thought, why would I want to own a home? <laughs> like, I mean, I you know. I think that now
0: for fucking sure. It's <laughs> like,
2: what if I don't want to live here in, like, 5, 10, 15 years and I have this home that mm. I'm, like, chained to, essentially. Like, I never re- – plus, like, you have to fix it. You need to ins-
0: instill enough trust in rich people. So you get back 75% of your rent when you decide to move. That's pretty much all it's for.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I never really understood that.
1: Well, you have to consider like what you're going to be doing when you're like, 70 years right. old you know are you still going to have to make a rent payment Dude, when you can't work live anymore that long. where is our Soylent Green I want my friends to eat me before I become 70 years old I don't want
0: to live that long sounds delicious I have not met pasta tonight very fun 70 well my dad I guess he's he, dad and mom are, mom is basically a robot built of fake hips and elbow joints but, but dad's doing dad's doing alright we're going to oh, go yeah. bike riding soon Yeah, your dad maybe, like, seven, maybe I shouldn't scoff at 70 uh, so hard now 70
2: is the new 45 I suppose so Something. Yeah, I
0: used to make fun of forty-year-olds too until, uh, hey, buddy. There you go, <laughs> hey buddy. Mm. But, uh, yeah, where, where are we now? But Lehman Brothers collapsing, um, and, and just I don't know. When did you want me to bring up personal anecdotes? Because I, it was very odd being in San Francisco. at, like it's mild bohemia and still like completely
1: safe. There's no housing market crisis, which is different from the rest of the world's housing market crisis. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. Lehman Brothers collapses and then this is just setting off a panic at this point. So the government, the Federal Reserve has to get involved and it, there's even a presidential address about it. So th- yeah, this is the part that didn't affect me. But I guess if you lived anywhere else in the country, like people are like, so
0: how's my house doing? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the bank's like, <laughs> and like, this is me shrugging into the, into the mic. We don't know. And like, for, so for the first time ever, the president has to address what's going to happen to your homes. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. And it's like, was it? A did it take a while for like the president to really like start addressing it or do you think it was like no we knew what was going on or we already have a something to say to you the
1: sense that I've always gotten is people were caught like very much like off guard mm-hmm. and, they, and they probably, probably waited the like the Big two, Short two days <laughs> yeah. longer
0: than they needed to like maybe this will write itself in a couple of hours right uh, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> okay but it's not it's not like Reagan denying AIDS it wasn't like a year long process <laughs> that's no. what I was that's what I was thinking <laughs> yeah. of yeah
2: exactly I was like is this a Reagan situation mm-hmm. where we he knew it was going on. He just pretended like it wasn't. Right, people
1: were aware there was something wrong in the subprime market because you could mm-hmm. see the numbers and they mm-hmm. were coming down from 2007 into 2008. But I don't think people understood how interconnected everything was, like I still, right. with this whole uh, insurance yeah, market and whatnot. Uh, that even the professionals were like, "Huh." And then Bear Stearns, you know, cl- uh, has to get bailed out by the government, and then because the Lehman Brothers collapse happened. Bear Stearns are they primarily home? Uh, they're, they're invest an investment bank. Okay. So,
2: okay. So, and part of their investment portfolio were, were these. Absolutely. Everybody had their hands in this stuff at this point.
1: But then Bear
0: Stearns maybe did other stuff. So when that company defaults, like if you were investing in like soybean futures,
1: like well, this this bank also deals with that, so it's you're also fucked. Yeah. Because, yeah. Is that okay. how this works? When when in their case, I couldn't tell you for
3: sure. Sure. Okay. But,
2: but theoretically, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah theoretically,
0: yeah. this is this is not all the banks do, and if you were just doing business with them in general, you also are a very in
1: a very unsure position. Well, in these uh, all these investment vehicles, like everybody's like retirement is tied up in this. Even if you're uh, like on a pension or something, and the, so that's much what of I'm that is invested about. in this yes. stuff, so that's one of the things that freaks everybody out. I and mean, you see all this interconnectedness, and you're like, and that's when the government was like, oh my god. Uh, this could be a worldwide collapse because you know wow. there's different countries are invested in our mortgage market Oof, and yeah. you know there's money flowing all over the planet. So we pulled.
2: So you pulled like when the president finally like was like, shit, I got to talk to American people about this." Yeah, that's
0: a good impression of our president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smoke them if you got them. Like-
5: <laughs> CBS News Special Report: A Presidential Address to the Nation. Good evening. This is
1: an extraordinary period for America's economy. Mm-hmm. Over the past few weeks, many Americans have felt anxiety about their finances and their future.
6: I understand their worry and their frustration. We've seen triple-digit swings in the stock market. Major financial institutions have teetered on the edge of collapse, and some have failed. As uncertainty has grown, many banks have restricted lending. Credit markets have frozen, and families and businesses have found it harder to borrow money. We are in the midst of a serious financial crisis, and the federal government is responding with decisive action.
1: So everything he said there is true, and that's another thing you have to consider. um, (laughs) I really thought Obama was the president. For the first time ever? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, Obama, the election happened shortly after this. But one of the things he said there that was really important is about uh, banks not lending money. Yeah. Because so much of the so much of the modern economy around the world revolves around people lending each other money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that can cause like just, you know, everything to grind to a halt. And evolve. that's what I remember seeing yeah. in San Francisco,
0: like that how much, not knowing how much money was involved in lending. Right. And, and the idea, because I, th- I worked at a, I'll get into this a little later. I worked at, I didn't know, a print company. Mm-hmm. And that in order to ensure that fucking magazines go out on time, like every magazine is based on a loan. Hmm. Like you seriously, because like what if the warehouse with the, with the magazines burns down or you're out of paper. So every, every single issue is based on like this, at least six-figure loan you take out on like every issue oh when you have an, a national or, or worldwide distributed magazine for real. Like the same way you'd insure like a, a Hollywood movie or something like that. Okay, yeah. Because it's this mini production and like if one thing goes wrong you could not deliver your product to thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Wow. If not millions of people. Right. And and that's, so everything is based on this lending. So the idea that like you live in San Francisco, yeah, businesses fail. Like that, put a, put a bird on it sketch from Portlandia hit me real hard because my ex-girlfriend's neighborhood had at least six, really, all you sell are green. Reading cards with birds on them. Yeah, that's it, because that's how it was. And those right. fail in less than a year, and a new business takes their spot. There mm-hmm. was two years where no business took any spot, and there were empty rows of places in this beautiful city that uh, seemingly everybody wants to live in, and no one could really get the money to start a business. Yeah, uh, and and so that that was the impact that that I saw. But again, I'm going through this like blissfully unaware and like semi destitute
1: myself. Like, I wouldn't be able to afford whatever's in this store anyway. Yeah, I, and I think in 2009, I remember just driving through a neighborhood around here, and it was obviously one of those neighborhoods that's kind of like a starter place where for, like, new young families and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And just, like, I've never seen so many places for sale before mm-hmm. that were just unoccupied. Were that, those those views that I'd, I'd really only seen, like, two or three times in
0: my life were, like, we just see everybody, the contents of everybody's house on their front lawn. Like, I think that was oh, a vision yeah. you might have seen and, like, not realized it was part of mm-hmm. uh, when someone's evicted forcefully Mm -hmm. and i and i saw it i remember i saw it happen in a couple neighborhoods where like that doesn't normally happen here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then i think that was that's probably one of the the biggest icons of this whole fallout that like your neighbor with a good job all of a sudden like came home from vacation and his fucking couch is on the front line with his television yeah
1: one of the reasons for uh, all those foreclosures is that um in that subprime market a lot of these um you know mortgages were sold with um uh variable interest rates so what happens is like you know at the time leading up to the collapse interest rates are coming up people were sold products by predatory lenders they didn't Mm -hmm. uh, you know oftentimes like i think countrywide was one of the uh, Mm -hmm. worst at this they would say okay we're selling you this product with this very low interest rate Mm -hmm. and then on the day of signing would put in a different document and buried somewhere in that legally uh, all the legalese that you probably don't read it says uh after this time period your um interest rate is going to snap and go up Basically creating this situation where people couldn't you know, afford their house. Mm-hmm. And now, so
2: the interest rate would go from like what to what?
1: Uh, it could go from like 1% or less than 1% up to like 6%.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. That's like when That's you insane. get one of those I'm like, like mm-hmm. store credit cards. And yeah. it's like if you pay late once, your interest is 30% or now or something I, like that.
0: If I may a Disney credit card. Holy shit, is that stuff shady and quit putting your name on that, Mickey. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. 30% interest rate on goddamn donuts. Yeah. Didn't happen to
1: me, but I read it for somewhere else. And at the time Mm -hmm. you were seeing uh, all those foreclosures, I mean, that was getting a lot of people. Uh, One of the other consequences is that if you have a house that you just bought recently and you need to move for work because your company Mm -hmm. collapsed or something, you're, uh house's value has dropped to the point where you might have to come up with $15,000 just to move, just to settle up your mortgage, if if you're able to sell your house.
2: Jesus tits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and one of the things that I remember feeling during this time period is so angry at like the way – people were being treated as people who had been for- foreclosed on because there is a certain population that was like, well, they should have known what they were getting themselves yeah. into. Like, who, who, nobody in their right mind would have, you know, signed this mortgage that's, or whatever, which is just infuriating to oh, me. Oh, absolutely. That's,
0: that's. I can only think of like, and I, again, sorry, this is going to be a mildly political episode, mm-hmm. is Sean Hannity because mm-hmm. uh, I think he said some shit like that and then it was revealed later like this fucking... This <laughs> this dipshit quarterback millionaire uh <laughs> went and bought up all these houses during the, the subprime uh failure. So Sean Hannity is like this glorified slumlord. Like in addition to his book <laughs> deals and radio shows and his uh conspiracy theories on Fox I, News, he he owns hundreds of thousands of properties he snatched up uh, I remember during that. this and jacked up all the rents for everybody. It's just good yeah. business. And, and it's, he, he just smart business. Up, and I'm only mentioning it because he just put out like this this weird inquirer interview, like, I'm not actually a slumlord, like if you're being accused of being a slumlord, you are. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's making that <laughs> accusation against me. What kind me. of false yeah. accusation <laughs> like, is that? Like
2: a weird false are. accusation. You are. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: there's no way that, that he, yes, anyway. Right. But like, yeah, he, he's He's the kind of person who benefited, like, you should have seen it
2: come. There's like a, there was a controversy, I think a lot of us, one of the big other things I remember from this time period, there was a controversy, do you remember the Jon Stewart, Jim Cramer Yes. Of, oh, yeah. like, yes, fight? My,
0: my dad, I have the fight with my dad. My dad's, so watches that guy. Yeah. I'm like, this guy failed. He's in this business of predicting business and markets. You're going to fail every once in a while, but he mm-hmm. failed at the exact moment. That's why you listen to someone like this, right? To right. see things like this, and this was so bad. And he. He told the op- the opposite to everybody. Yeah. yeah, stable. Bye bye. Ding fart noise. Boom. <laughs> yeah, like that's so that's why Jon Stewart like he's gotten an awesome fucking. Okay, yeah, of well this guy. I
2: pulled some clips from it because no. it's so good. No. but a little bit of the background on that is that some of that stemmed from there was another CNBC commentator mm-hmm. named Rick Santelli who was oh. on like the floor of the Chicago Board of Trade or something mm. ca- on television calling the people who got foreclosed on losers. Wow. And like traders around him being like yeah they're losers and that kind of is what started this whole thing because then John Stewart was like what the fuck right. like and started this whole week of like lambasting CNBC. Rick mm. Santelli was actually scheduled to go on Daily Show and CNBC pulled him and said like no he's not going on that and that's how we got Jim Cramer to go on there. Okay. And so, yeah, I pulled a couple of clips from it just because it, it's kind of delicious to watch.
6: <laughs> bad. I think that I just, I just like what he said. I thought that it was bad. I think the people who are left in their homes are people who are taking two and three jobs. They are not people who should be foreclosed on. I didn't understand it. Maybe he is from a different economic background from me. I lived in my car. I don't think he lived in his car. It's a terrible thing to be foreclosed on. And they're not losers. They're fighters. And they're, they're not getting a fair right. Oh,
5: I'm thankful you said that. But the thing I wonder about is, and, and, and this is, CNBC sells itself as, as financial experts. I think that's the, the slogan.
6: Reporters and commentators. Okay. Right.
5: But I, I believe it says, we have the financial expertise that, that you need.
6: Uh, in, in this and they market, it's and hard they have, to have any, And though. they have the access
5: to the CEOs. Uh, and yet, they didn't catch any of this. And here they are, blaming people who uh, don't have the financial expertise... And saying that they're part of the problem, their problem seems to be linear. It seems like uh, the banks and, and those that cheerled them turned a ge- uh, an arithmetic problem into a geometric one. They took a linear debt issue, and by turning it into derivatives and securities and all that, now it's a gigantic problem.
6: Right. I just like <laughs> love
2: that exchange because I think that really... If you're a visual person, it really does make it clear, like turning something from an arithmetic problem into a geometric problem, I think really is a great way to illustrate like how much it... Bounced off
0: of me like like, dumb bullets. When I heard that, it
2: like really struck me because it's like, wow, that really makes sense because it really takes into account like thinking of like a 3D object where all the... How everything's like interconnected and everything touches each other, Mm -hmm. which is what caused this huge collapse.
0: What's gall for someone in his position to call those people... Where like most of your income is going to like to your home,
2: mm-hmm. where this guy you
0: clearly have a multi million dollar deal to be on television for forty five minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can withstand this kind of fallout. If you worked any other job, you'd be fucked. If you worked in an office
1: and did the same job, mm-hmm. you'd be fucked. All right, and you mentioned Santelli uh, earlier, and you said he was like a Chicago trader.
2: No, he oh. was a reporter, oh, a reporter on CNBC. Never mind. He's an American yeah. American traitor. I, I, yeah. I
1: thought he might have been the guy that actually like launched the Tea Party. That name sounds really familiar oh, to me. I need
0: to look well, that yeah.
1: up. Is it the Rick Sant? That-
0: Santorum? <laughs> <laughs> no, not
1: Santorum.
3: Mm-mm.
2: Yeah, so I don't know. I just remember this this exchange so much. And mm. it like, really you know, sticks out in your mind. Because also, at this point, it was like, Jon Stewart's at the peak of his powers here. Well, th- and I,
0: that's in a pop culture sense. I It's awesome to hear someone you trust do that against someone you don't. Yes. And, like, we are lucky enough to have YouTube and Facebook videos and uh, your Young Turks and your vices doing this shit all fucking day. Mm -hmm. Like, But, like, when we talk about on 302010, it's like, you had, like, Michael Moore and Jon Stewart, and that was kind of it. Mm -hmm. Like, people people actually holding feet to the fire because that wasn't really the business CNN or CNBC was in. Right. Like, to actually grill people, like... I don't know, like, this is, it's kind of astonishing to look back on. I just, there, there was a, if you haven't seen that CNN series of, for some reason, CNN interviewing Dave Chappelle and Jon Stewart, there's mm. this moment Dave Chappelle describes of, like, he's, he has random openers as he's open, he's doing this giant Radio City music show and, like, um, and then it was the day of the Charlottesville attacks, not attacks, but this the Charlottesville incident. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, uh, Heather Meyer's death and, like, do we do a show tonight? And, like, we find the right opener and then, like, and then he's, so just randomly like the whole room feels very odd. And it's that was what, 2017, 2016, 2017? Uh it was, it was last, last year. year. Last yeah, year. Yeah. And like, does anybody want to be at a comedy show? And then he said, like, and then we as a surprise opener, we brought out Jon Stewart and he's like, you could feel the collective sigh of relief, like dad has shown up yes. to to like not talk down to us mm-hmm. and, and, and recognize what situ- he's going to address the situation that happened and he's going to do it, do it in a way that makes us feel bad and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we can be. Pro- I, I thought that was so profound. Like, it can, if you can imagine what your day would be like after mm-hmm. living through Charlottesville, all of a sudden Jon Stewart personally comes out to talk to you, like, I might start crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. G- given the role he had in 08, because, like, who the fuck else was doing this? Yeah. There's a million news networks who, who could have. Who should, to, who should have. Who should have talked to people have. like Jim, had Jim Cramer. A,
2: had an ethical, ethical and moral responsibility and to be he, doing that, and, and John Stewart was literally the only one and doing and it. And more to my point,
0: why would Jim Cramer show up on Anderson Cooper's show to get grossed by his... His competition, he that's wouldn't, true. but he had to show up on the Daily Show because mm-hmm. that's the responsible thing to do. That's what the kids are watching. That's where we expect this kind of thing to happen. And I think that was always part of Jon Stewart's frustration: like, why, why, why do I have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> why is this my? And then he gets questioned like a real journalist, and he's always like, "I, I love that that line. Like, I, I'm my show is followed by puppets making crank phone calls. <laughs> the idea that you're CNN asking me why." why I didn't do this and that in my interview. Like, why didn't you do it? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway. Did, did you have another
2: clip for Yeah. I, yeah. So I pulled another clip. There's a follow-up. There's a follow this is, this is a three-part interview, and I absolutely think everyone should go out and watch the entire interview because it is amazing. But I pulled this specific clip because – uh, Jim Cramer used to be a trader or used to be an investment... Uh, a hedge fund a guy. A hedge code. fund guy, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, yeah. <laughs> and so there is a, an exchange between them where Jon Stewart's asking him about these sorts of securities and, you know... Which either
0: Jon Stewart is a genius or it's just done his research. Like, in a way, you oh, yeah. don't expect actual interviewers to do. Right. He pulls mm-hmm.
2: a clip of Jim Cramer talking about these securities I that's remember this time-dated from, like, 2006. Mm-hmm. And it is... It's the most Gold.
0: embarrassing thing you can have in Jim Cramer's position. Yes. I know. And, 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 and by the way, Jim Cramer, if we may make it pop culture again, has some great appearances on Arrested Development. Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. He does. The, blue, the blues
2: oh, yeah, are yeah. moving
5: up yes. to don't buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: yeah. 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 Okay. Go ahead and roll it. It's so good.
5: But we do label the show as snake oil here. Uh, isn't there a problem selling snake oil as as vitamin tonic and saying that it cures impetigo etc 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 isn't that the difficulty
6: here I, I think that there are two kinds of people there are people who come out and they make good calls and bad calls and they're financial professionals and then there's the people who say they only make good calls and they're liars I, I, I but, try really hard to make as many good calls as I can. I
5: think the, the difference is not good call, bad call. Okay. The difference is real market and, and unreal market. Let me, let me show you. This is, is uh, you ran a hedge fund.
6: Yes, I did for many years. All right. This you is- know, a lot of times when I was short at my hedge fund and I was positioned short, meaning I needed it down, uh, I would uh, create a, um, a level of activity beforehand that could drive the futures. It doesn't take much money. What does that mean? Okay, uh, this was a a hyperbolic example of what I was trying to get people to. You had a great piece about short selling earlier. Yes, I've been trying to rein in short selling, trying to expose what really happens. This is what goes on. What I'm trying to say is, and I didn't do this, but I'm trying to explain to people. This is the shenanigans. Oh, it sounded like you were talking about that you had done it. Then I was inarticulate because <sighs> I, I, I did trade, I barely traded the futures, but I will say this. Mm-hmm. I am trying to expose this stuff, exactly what you guys do. And I'm trying to get the regulators to look at it. Well, see, it. that's interesting.
5: Roll 210.
6: <laughs> I would encourage anyone who's in the hedge fund to do it because it's legal. Right. And it, um, it, it's a very quick way to make money and very satisfying. Okay. Um, well, by the way, no one else in the world would ever admit that, but I don't care. That's right. And you can say that here. I can't. <laughs> so I'm not going to say it on TV. <laughs> it's on TV now. Yeah. I, I mean... the
5: Jim Cramer on CNBC yeah. to protect me from that Jim Cramer.
6: <laughs> I think the way you do that is to show... Okay. Oh, I mean, oh, I love a good Stewart takedown. I yes, do fall into
0: YouTube loops of John Stewart on news shows because mm-hmm. it's always funny, mm-hmm. it's always good. But I, do, I have not stumbled upon the Jim Cramer interview. Thank you for bringing this up. Ooh, I, I am just, like, it,
2: it. I am a very close to actually feeling sorry for Jim Cramer in that yeah, moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't. I, but no, I feel hey, close look, to it. it. I, I look. Everyone hates it when I say that shit. I feel bad for monsters on occasion. Me too. Just I, I remember because like, we're humans. Hate Trump. And then he, just, he takes, like, two days into his presidency, he takes those pictures of him acting like a baby in a fire engine. I'm like,
2: oh, come <laughs> on, man,
0: dude, don't do that to your. What is wrong? Aww. and like... I'm,
3: I feel bad for this asshole.
0: God damn it!
2: Yeah, that <laughs> a- yeah, ship has sailed for me, but I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But I,
0: I get it every once in a while, Like,
2: ooh, fuck. Yeah,
0: uh, I, yeah, not that's good, but mm-hmm. sucks to be you. I still get that on occasion. Mm. But uh, I don't
2: know. I, I, so, so after all this happened, then I started hearing about bailout. So, what does that mean?
1: <laughs> sure. So, um, what you had here was the uh, Federal Reserve stepped in and started buying up a lot of these. Um, bad loans from the banks mm-hmm. because it was killing them. And, um, you know, try, trying to, uh, in basically inject what you call liquidity into the market to, to unfreeze the banks so they would lend money again to basically, so have keep, homes. Yeah, yeah, to keep the economy moving, basically. Yeah. So that one movie we, I mentioned earlier, uh, uh too to big, big to fail, fail. Uh, that kind of centers around that with mm. this, um, uh, the head of the treasury, which was, uh, Hank Paulson and, um, The Federal Reserve Chief Ben Bernanke, uh, they put together, you know, the whole first bailout package and uh, it failed to pass Congress the first time around.
5: Back in the U.S. of A., September 29th was also the day Congress rejected President Bush's bailout bill. The motion is not adopted. And the Dow fell a record 777 points.
2: This is where the crisis goes from being a banking crisis to a crisis of the American economy as a whole, with stock market values crashing. In September 2008.
1: Wow. Yeah. Now they eventually did get one passed, mm-hmm. but um, Obama. They, uh, I can't remember if he was in office yet or I just, not. I just Probably know not. Certain, no, certain right wingers
0: so. blame him for bailing out the banks, and I don't know what the solution was other than to do that.
1: Like, if you right. wanted to uphold a modicum of American institutionalism, yeah, like, that was the only way to do. I it. wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, for actually doing the bailout, I wouldn't lay that on. Um, Obama's feet but it was a democratically uh, controlled congress at the time Mm.
2: i mean so basically the bailout is just we just the federal reserve just gave the banks enough money so that they didn't die yeah it's like
0: it's an astronomical (laughs) amount of money yeah a
2: lot of it
1: was paid back but the taxpayers on the hook for like a huge chunk of that Mm. and then the uh federal reserve had to resort to this sort of bizarre, to, to bring the interest rates... Um, they had to dilute their gold. It's now like partially baking soda. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> but um, the Federal Reserve had to resort to this bizarre thing. I'm not going to get into how it works really, but it's it, it was called a quantitative, uh, have you ever heard of the term quantitative easing before in the news? I mean, but all, no. only every Anyway, day. so it was, it was a weird <laughs> trick that's never been used before and it's you know, basically been around for about 10 years or just, I think, wrapping up with it right now. It's a Commodore song. Sure. Quantitative easing on a Sunday morning. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Sorry.
2: More like quantitative sleazing, if you ask me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, like I was saying, the Federal Reserve had to step in and buy these bad mortgages from the bank to get the, you know, to get the economy moving again.
5: Mm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Assets like loans backed by failing mortgages which the Fed took off the hands of the banks.
2: And to give you, in exchange, a cash loan that will tide you over for a matter of days, weeks, or months. Ready
5: cash. Liquidity.
2: And this saved the American financial system. And this didn't just save the American financial system, it saved the financial system of the world. More than half of the liquidity provision to large banks in the United States was to European banks in the United States. And then on top of that... The Fed lent four and a half trillion dollars to European and Asian central banks, who indirectly provided dollars to their local
6: banks in Europe and in Japan.
2: Jeez! Yeah, <laughs> so
1: Like I said, it was a worldwide problem. It was a near catastrophe.
2: I just want to give
1: hats off to uh, PBS,
2: who is right.
0: always great, always great about putting. Ugly people with bad light. and oh my God. On camera, I just to had deliver. yeah. As a
2: side note, this is from PBS Newshour, and they have this little short guy in a strong in a hat,
0: straw hat, in oh, a yes. suit, <laughs> and a
3: suit,
2: and a suit
0: through the brim of his head, standing
2: outside like on Wall Street, talking to a tall, sweaty I, English guy. I spend all day
0: watching. I would say the wrong news, and I go back to my parents' house and eat dinner every once in a while. We just watch PBS, and like this is. This is what news used to look like. It it Mm. still exists. Um, Mm -hmm. It's still people like pretending to be unbiased, but you know, they're not uh, in in a way that you can't be a newsman and unbiased. Like in a
2: Walter Cronkite (laughs) sense of the word, (laughs) but
0: a responsible, like non panicky news show. It still exists on PBS every day. Your tax dollars are already paying for it. Why not Mm -hmm.
1: watch it? I watch MB- MSNBC YouTube videos all the time and I hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> I hate myself. Well, pushed. some, I mean, I really like PBS. Some part of me must be the same age as my parents because I really like watching Frontline. Oh, <laughs> <dog>. oh, Frontline <laughs> is amazing. Frontline is <laughs>
2: phenomenal. And,
1: uh, <laughs> I think back in 2009, they had some two, like, two really good specials. I think one was called, mm-hmm. like, The Fall. And they may have had their own title, Too Big to Fail, as well. Mm-hmm. And they were really good, if you're yeah. ever looking for... Yeah, it's like
0: all you 9-11
1: conspiracists.
0: Frontline did two great, like, here's how the buildings fell. <laughs> Don't worry about your jet fuel and your steel beams. Here's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Front- you're not front thinking line. of smoke. Yeah. She <laughs> never mentioned smoke. Uh,
2: it's <laughs> phenomenal. But so, so we know now, like, looking back, that this crisis had, like ripple effects to like Mm -hmm. every basically uh, that touched every part of our lives and one of the questions I have because I am fucking dumb about all this stuff and so Sam knows Mm -hmm. like Probably three or four times a year, I, we sit down and I'm like, okay, explain to me what happened again. <laughs> Cause I like you, Antisa, cannot keep it in my brain. Yeah. So like, how does this relate to the auto bailout real quick? If you can say that real quickly. Cause um, I get those confused.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would think this was, I mean, they're probably tied together, but it's just, you know, when you have a down economy, you know, and people can't, um, borrow yeah can't borrow money you sure hell, mm-hmm. like for most people they're not buying cars with cash mm. there's there, so. like i want to get pictures of it before it's gone did we lose saturn in america oh yeah, During so, yeah.
0: Movie, there's lost. that there's that dealership over down tennessee street mm-hmm. that like it's nature has
1: taken it back yeah it looks incredible it's but weird. like yeah no there, uh, there's a lot of stuff that went away like uh, you know right after the crisis and there was like i think, uh, I think buick might be gone mm-hmm. i know um Oldsmobile, Oldsmobile and Pontiac what? are going. What a terrible name for a <laughs> And Oldsmobile. I'm not sad about this, but we lost Hummer, which is kind of which nice. is good. It's true,
2: actually. The dealership <laughs> right by our house went from a Hummer dealership to a Subaru dealership, <laughs> which I feel like are two opposite ends of the car spectrum. Just, like mm-hmm. Hummer is like the official car of douchebags, and <laughs> Subaru is. Actually, the official car of lesbians, and it's like it's kind of perfect. Yeah. I love it.
0: Yeah, and the, the ripple—is this where we talk about the ripple effects how it affected us? Yeah, uh, what I saw because I worked in the games press and video games f- in the fallout of all this from from about uh, what would I, from when it happened to 2014, like intimately in all these industries. And like, print was on the decline because of the nature of it not being digital for sure. But um, the fact that I went to this job and it's like I have a travel agent and. Uh, I'm not they're not paying me a lot but like there's breakfast every day and there's uh they they had a skybox at giant stadium and like and then it all went from like uh we can have breakfast uh once every two weeks mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and everyone it's a nature valley and, bar and I, <laughs> and I forgot about this but like in 08 or 09 they're just like uh, this big meeting like everyone's gonna have to take a furlough and I understand what a furlough is but I still like I don't have to be here. Like I would have, paid, I would have paid you to like give me another week off. This is fantastic. So I was like, I was ecstatic to get a furlough. But the idea of your, of your job saying you all have to take turns not being paid for a week mm-hmm. is something incredible that again I blindly stumbled through. Like it just didn't realize how big a deal it was. Yeah. And, and then I got a job um, in, and so like for video games uh, at, at that point we were normally on like I would say, I would say even a four year game console cycle there's a playstation one a playstation two and then S- sega or nintendo will release a new system earlier just to get the the console cycle started the console cycle went from being four to five years mm-hmm. to to eight to ten years wow Because no one wanted to release because uh,
3: oh my god yeah because
0: all of this stuff because that ps3 xbox 360 era lasted forever and when they finally did release new consoles nobody wanted to buy them because huh. that was definitely one of those things that there's no better definition of uh, supplemental income or, like, disposable income than right. video games. Like, you can't really justify that. It is it is a fucking premium experience as much as you idiots want to complain about game prices being too high. Yeah. It's something only a rich country flush with money so, and free time is allowed to partake in.
2: Do you... But, so, I like, I like looking at that about how, like, our consumption changed based on this. Did you... Yeah. Now, was... So... Well, the video game console sounds like people weren't buying them, but were people then just buying more video games? Because that's a thing the that old, happens. The old
0: consoles were selling fine, and they were having to make the new games compatible with the old systems yeah, okay. on the old hardware because people were adopting so slowly. And I think in addition to that, if you think of the economy – and I don't know that this works with games, but I did explain to you like, yeah, every issue of a magazine is sort of built on a loan in mm-hmm. advance. Uh, so you don't. So if there's a, a warehouse fire, you don't lose your entire business overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, may, that's probably how games works too. And I worked at a company specifically when there was a new generation of hardware. They were first there. They were developing ahead of time. Not their stance, but most people's stance is like, I'm not gonna invest in betting on this thing. We don't know if anyone wants to buy in this market. Mm-hmm. And when you that new, those new systems came out, there were not many exclusives, and there were not many games available for it, and it really hurt. Like, right now, the video game market has stabilized. But, I mean, you have to remember, that's, if you, people listening here like video games more than the people in the room. But, like, uh, <laughs> that's when there was reports of mass layoffs at every one of these companies. Everybody had to downsize or oh. consolidate. The, the, uh, game media companies the game, or the game companies? The game companies. Okay. The oh, games wow. media companies, I don't know how to directly attribute it, because maybe they were on the way out already. And I don't know how this ties into that economy, but, like, you, you did mention it, like, when I worked at Games Radar, we were the third highest-trafficked uh, video game website in the in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone who wasn't number three is now gone. Oof. And that place, and, and where we are right now, I had a good job there with a 401k, and now I just decided, like, wait, where's my 401k? They sold it to somebody? Uh, I don't want to talk too much shit about the old company because they were good to me, and I have some, still have some friends there. And it's like, yeah, you got to call them, see what they did with your 401k, and, like, oh, they don't have a home office anymore. They're like, they're... <laughs> Like, from where we are, that's, I don't know, that's maybe just a a passage of a decade worth Mm -hmm. of time, but, like, very quickly, the print, enthusiast print industry went for something like, we can't, we always make more money than we predict to, like, tighten your belts and part of the reason I got into websites and podcasts because every day everybody at the top pleaded we're starving. We don't know how to make money. And I would go home at night and research ways like what if we did Amazon affiliate links and uh-huh, yeah. these kind of ads. And then, and then and like no one wants to listen to me because uh, I'm i bad at talking. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: 10 years of a podcast really bared that And out. so I,
0: I implemented those myself into yeah. other websites. And that's how I got started making independent content because mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out how to – and it's just not a good world for that. And I don't know how much of it relates to this situation but like – I I definitely looking at it now I
1: do remember the decline the decline of everything yeah, yeah well it's it, I mean it's like just kind of across the board the number of like brands that like just disappeared mm-hmm. yeah I mean it was with the cars the banks there's just stuff I mean that, that was all over the place mm-hmm. yeah and I've I, can't count how many times I've seen a building that used to be a bank that can't be populated now because so what business? Yeah, would what would this? you put in there? It's not a bank. Yeah, uh, that has yeah.
2: like six drive-through lanes and like you know what, <laughs> a weird what, yeah. setup. You know what your dry your
0: dry cleaning business needs. I'm gonna think in a sixty-foot ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need. <laughs>
2: yeah, it just turned into a mattress store. That's what they do with everything <laughs> this town.
0: <laughs> Again, at one point, we should just make a drive photo photo whatever your former blockbuster became and yes. how, how much
2: I love that, that the, the one on Monroe is, is a so city beauty and it's, it's a, like a beauty, beauty supply, supply store. store and they
0: put a triangle at the end of the ticket on the billboard so it looks like an arrow but yeah. you're
2: fooling no one
0: <laughs> that is totally a blockbuster <laughs> sign yeah
2: yeah exactly same with pizza huts too pizza yeah. huts are good for that as okay, well because okay. all the buildings have that like hut hat on top of oh, right. it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. That's, that's an interesting subject. What businesses did we lose during this, huh? Yeah. Huh.
2: I mean, it's like, I think seeing it bear out in pop culture is really interesting, too, if we want to pivot into that. Because, you know, we... Uh, there's a certain generation of people who are now making media who were young people mm-hmm. during this and now want to bear that out yeah, and this show will, this that will define the world to them.
0: Even if it stabilizes and goes back to the old American dream, it
2: won't MAGA fans. Yeah. You can't bring <laughs> back the 1950s. It never will. And, <laughs> Guys, I'm totally okay with that. Like we are we are evolving into a better thing. Well, so that's what I happens when you believe. ask a
0: lady or someone of color how great America was. Right, exactly. <laughs> and maybe ask maybe ask Europe. Yeah, there was rubble everywhere. We couldn't make cars and once we did, your country was fucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we made our, after we started exactly. making our own steel,
1: the American dream died. Uh, I know. Turns right. out like when you blow up half of your indu- uh, industrial competitors <laughs> yes. and your enemies blow up the other half, you're, you're basically great. the <laughs> only person with running water on the street. Yeah. You're very popular. You can make it
0: great again, but I guess that's that's what the $700 billion in military spending is about. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. Maybe blow it all up again and be the last one left. There. That's how you make <laughs> it great again. Cool.
2: Uh, um,
0: but <laughs> oh,
3: see? Look, I, I'm
0: trying to tie it in. Right yeah, no, oh.
2: exactly. Oh, but the other thing I wanted to say really quickly too is that during this time, I did have a lot of friends in law school, and generally the conventional wisdom was that um, the l- legal field is one of the last fields to feel the effects of any sort of economic downturns. Um, I guess people always uh, two can Two things pay... not
0: affected by a recession. Mm-hmm. Show business and, acting. <laughs> and Uh Sully from uh, the Sopranos. Yes, love
2: it. Um, but even then, like once my friends started graduating from law school, a couple years after the collapse, I started to hear complaints because you know, we live in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty small legal market. Mm -hmm. But what we were seeing is that these giant law firms in New York and DC and, you know, Los Angeles, they started doing massive layoffs and started cutting back on their bonuses and their summer associates. And so anyone who would be getting the top of their class of law school, who would maybe getting class, uh, getting positions at those big law firms, now we're having to go to their second choices, which were like, a little bit smaller markets, such as mm. like Atlanta, Miami. Mm. So they're taking those spots, mm. which, you know... It
1: causes a cascade it effect. It causes a yeah. cascade
2: cascade right. effect where like, you know, people who maybe weren't at the top of their class now are having a hard time finding jobs in places like Tallahassee yeah. and Pensacola and, you know, like up the road in Georgia. And it's just like, it had a full cascading effect for a lot of my friends that, you know, they still are feeling a yeah. little bit.
0: Uh, and, and Well, the, I'm not an economist, but like, I think the notion of like, oh, our business is doing poorly. We can get rid of all these people and thus all these old benefits and bring mm-hmm. in these young people who work for much, much less. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. don't see that as a cycle that can ever stop at this point. Well, right. that's
2: what where the gig economy is born from yeah. this now. Yes, which like, is no full time employees and like no insurance. Yeah,
1: that's and the death of the American. Dream. I'm I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. up because and um, I did not lose my job during the recession. But what did happen is you know I was in my 20s at the time. And it was just like uh, the company got bought out by somebody else. And like about a month later, within the, the uh, period of a week, I think pretty much everybody over the age of 30 was eliminated yes. because they were probably the people with like, you know, the most profit sharing mm-hmm. and all that stuff mm-hmm. got rid of them. And that's most probably, expensive insurance. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it was just like, you know, peeking my head out of a foxhole being like, what the fuck happened
2: mm-hmm. after like
0: an
1: artillery barrage or something? And everybody have, gone. Those are
0: weird ramifications that I guess are indirect of a indirect of the, the market crisis, but are... Are a direct cause of the recession, mm-hmm. and the, and if those end up becoming business practices, we're all going to have a really hard time moving forward. Yeah, if mm-hmm. we become too old and therefore not viable as legitimate business people, we want young kids who will struggle. We can and that's why they, food. That's that's
3: yeah. That's, <laughs> Sorry, that's why ahead.
0: it's why I moved out of San Francisco because like it's they will compensate you well, not well enough in accordance with how much it costs to live there, but they they do want everything from you. Mm-hmm. They want. They want 80-hour weeks and they want your weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah, they, they do compensate you. It looks like, well, if you're living in a smaller city. But $100,000 doesn't go a long way if your rent is 25000 to $30,000 a year.
2: Not to and mention, then, what are you doing with that money when right, you're working 80 hours right. a week and on the weekends? It's like there's no, no it, quality it, it, of life it anymore. Changed, it
0: changed my spending practices because mm-hmm. I would just go buy some – I still have like – this is fucking stupid. Why do I own this? Oh, because I worked two weekends in a row and I thought like, this has to be worth it somehow. Mm -hmm. So I have to justify like buying a replica hoverboard uh, for $200 for no reason. (laughs)
2: Not to mention, you don't have time to cook. So, you know, everything's fast casual, which is another business I think that's really interesting to look at is the restaurant business. Like during this time, we've really seen the the, quote unquote fern bars of the past, your TJ Fridays or Ruby Mm -hmm. Tuesdays. Like these... Restaurants have really had to change a lot in order to stay relevant. I had a friend who worked for Ruby Tuesdays corporate, and I remember oh. talking to him. That was, that was
0: that the one that still exists.
2: Yes, yeah. exactly. at least Bennigan's
0: had a Tom Turkey, but Ruby Tuesdays is dog shit.
2: What? They have an amazing salad bar. I like a salad
0: because there's one thing we never talk about that we lost. There are no more salad bars fucking anywhere. Ooh, Wendy's the used to have a salad The only ones I
2: can think of is Sonny's, which is basically like half meat and pudding. <laughs>
1: That sounds sounds like exactly what my grandfather was eating on his deathbed.
0: It's
2: the only
1: place you can get diarrhea from a salad.
2: (laughs) Everything on the salad bar is brown and white.
1: (laughs) Would you like the Cheddar Bacon Ranch? Like,
0: is that a sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) It's the (laughs) dressing.
2: Yeah, (laughs) amazing. It's like ham and cottage cheese and iceberg lettuce. What is with
1: the sliced ham and the I
0: salad bar get, buffet? It's uh,
2: diced. It's diced insane. Ham.
1: I'm glad my son is too old to want to go to Pizza Hut anymore because they're oh. salad bars.
2: It's terrible. It's, it's
1: iceberg lettuce as yeah, far yeah. as the eye can see. It's, no it's, nutritional
0: it's value. It's just
2: iceberg lettuce and then the toppings from the it pizza. Is like, yeah, it's like it,
0: you, could, you could trick me. Is this iceberg lettuce or a cold dyed paper plate? <laughs> Like, <laughs> filled with water, it, it could be the same fucking thing. There's no nutritional value to this lettuce.
2: Yeah, uh, but Ruby Tuesday still has a pretty bum ass uh, salad bar, from what I remember. I know, their food
0: is so terrible, and it's all like twenty dollars yeah. base.
2: Yeah, so that so that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, my friend. Um, was working for Ruby Tuesdays corporate, they had to make a decision like in about 2009, 2010, which way are we going to go? Are we going to, you know, scale down our class level, quote unquote, and like become more of a fast casual brand? Or are we going to try to class it up a little bit and be like the affordable option to maybe what would be an anniversary dinner at a fine dining restaurant? And they decided to go with the latter, I don't know how it worked out for them. I think our Ruby Tuesdays, we still have one at least in town and we haven't been there in a while. A little
0: bit of both just because like... I don't go there and I've never ever given them my email or address mm. but they send me coupons That's like true. it'd be foolish not to go here this is a free entree yeah so mm. I
2: think that they originally had like more of the reputation of like a firm bar mm. and now have kind of classed themselves up to like a Bonefisher carabas, mm. which is like more what you would do for an anniversary I would talk about restaurants all day yeah, long clearly. I do this talk <laughs> I'm
1: not sure how that panned out for him but I did read an adjacent article to that millennials are killing this 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 and that article uh that what is that place over near our house? Applebee's. Yes. Like that um going for the millennial dollar apparently has failed them that they're gonna go back to basics with whatever the fuck that was yeah, before. There's only so many variations on the Monte Cristo sandwich you can <laughs> yeah. do that millennials are gonna be stupid enough to
0: eat.
6: Yeah.
0: Uh I love the I love those articles. Millennials are killing this and that. And it's like I barely count as millennial, but if you're gonna tell me that I need napkins more than I need paper towels in 2018, go fuck.
2: We, yourself. Have... <laughs> Go fuck yourself. we have not bought napkins well, like i say millennials eat
1: ass fuck napkins
0: yes. i'm with you yes. on this always always
2: 100 <laughs> agree
1: yeah and it reminds me of one of those other brands that probably will disappear by uh january is sears yeah oh dude when was the last time you went to a sears uh mm-hmm. i
0: did when i was looking for a television i went in there i'm like where's your tv section like <laughs> we don't have a tv section yeah. like like but you did like no i didn't like Okay, you're like 17, yeah. but believe me, people my age and 100 years older, no Sears had a TV section. They have like nothing in there anymore, and yeah. there's no one in there. It's a fucking ghost town. The last time I went in there before that was to get my passport photo taken because they used to have a photo studio, portrait studio, which yes, is also con. That's
1: yeah, right. Sears is in like bankruptcy protection right now. Yeah. They'll probably be you Call it quits, but I didn't realize I didn't until I went to Walmart and bought like a Craftsman thing. Like, that's Sears brand, that's yeah. what my
0: dad always used to take. Oh, mm-hmm. son, Craftsman makes the best stuff. Um, basically,
1: they've been in like a slow motion liquidation for about two years. Mm. They've sold off Craftsman and like the diehard batteries, and they're not there's nothing they can do to save it. I mean, it's yeah. fucking Sears. I don't, uh, I don't have Von I, I go to in Sears. now because I they have a DVD section, and by DVD
0: wow. section, I mean a bucket of DVDs, like Just in a, a gas station, yeah, like, like, yeah, undistributed, <laughs> like, yeah, no, no. Fucking hierarchy to anything and I pick it up and it's like <clears throat> 17 horror movies let's see what they are holy they were, shit they were all the puppet master movies which are bad but I watched as a little kid and like wore, for like four dollars I'm like yeah I'll take all this sh-. all these DVDs you would never find in a Best Buy Ray Bradbury's short lived 1980s wow. anthology show like Damn. what six dollars gimme give gimme give gimme give <laughs> well, so anytime good. I'm near a series I'm like I go to their DVD bucket, for, it's shit that's not good enough to be in Walmart. Uh, I go, I go by their DVDs. Jesus. I mean,
2: see, of Sears liquidating. The last time I was in a Sears was last year on Black Friday mm. because I was so hungover from Thanksgiving, I okay. had to throw up in their bathroom. I thought that was, <laughs> <laughs> and I only did it because it was a ghost town on Black Friday. There was nobody in Sears, so I was like, good privacy. Okay, I'm glad this was not
1: another diarrhea joke. <laughs>
2: oh, I would never. I would never.
0: <laughs> so is is that where we are now let's talk ramifications of uh, yeah. from all uh, from uh the recession
2: so there's some great so if you're a ding dong like me and like I need <laughs> a movie to tell me about what it is there's actually some great movies that have come out that kind of have helped explain what happened now um and sam is the one that really introduced me to a lot of them
1: yeah so my favorite uh, to date has been the big short i read the book and i really enjoyed the movie and it does a, a pretty good explanation of everything that happened and i'm pretty sure is based on uh the real guy or, or the guy is based on a real person
2: yeah, yeah yeah they i remember well let's play a little bit of the trailer
6: michael how are you i found something really interesting the whole housing market is propped up on these bad loans they will
5: fail the housing market is rock solid it's a time bomb so mike burry who gets his hair cut at and doesn't wear shoes
4: knows more than alan greenspan dr mike burry yes he does <laughs>
6: You know what? I'm pissed off. American people—we're getting screwed by the big banks, and I am getting madder and madder. It's unbelievable.
0: I love—I love his speech, and there's so many clips of like from the big show. Yeah, like, it was it's, hard it's, to choose. It's not that I think that fraud is unethical and not very nice. It's that fraud never ever works, and when you base your primary system on fraud, everything gets fucked on that. And I love the way he said that. Like it's—it's mm-hmm. yeah. it's not an issue of not being nice. It's just we cannot base a business mm-hmm. on fraud, and that's what this was.
2: Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, but it, it, it's the acting is amazing in this. The directing's great. It's Adam McKay who's coming out with the new movie the Vice, which is going to be Director and writer of Anchorman. I know, <laughs> making
0: I the it. movie that will define one of the biggest economic crises yeah. of our lifetime. And
2: he's about to do it again with Vice about the, you know the. Um, Dick Cheney, which oh, that's right. coming uh, out soon, and that's going to be phenomenal, I think as well. Yeah, I'm
1: really looking forward to that. Um,
2: but yeah, this this is a great primer, especially you know the way that they explain the crisis is so fun with Margot Robbie in the bathtub, like explaining what these different uh, terms mean and everything. It's just mm-hmm. a really a great encapsulation, and that's probably one of the best known movies that came out about this. It's, it's, yeah,
0: it's, I let me see so. if it's still on Netflix, because it's totally worth seeing if you Absolutely. haven't already. Yeah it's very well done and it 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 is still a little hard for me to understand me too yeah um. And if you'd never heard that sketch we did in Oscar time, it was Brett being Ryan Gosling describing Pokemon the way Ryan Gosling <laughs> is describing the subprime mortgage crisis. I also but need we, to do that because I we don't did that. We did watch <laughs> that scene and transcribe it and then try and fit it into Pokemon. Love it.
1: Like So it, it's it, we did our best to be accurate. That was yeah. a long time mm-hmm. ago. But mm-hmm. uh, there was another movie, uh, and I don't think it actually came out in the theaters, no, but another. it was on um, streaming, but mm-hmm. it was called uh, Margin Call, and it had a lot of uh, uh, big names in it. I think mm-hmm. there was Zachary Quinto, Kevin Spacey, I've never oh, huge heard of this.
2: Demi. Wow, Moore? Demi, Moore, Demi
1: Moore was in it too. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even use Kevin Spacey Jeremy in small Iron. letters. Yeah, and <laughs> another British guy. I can't remember his name, but uh, never mind. Forget there's just
2: part. a ton of them. Yeah, there's a ton of people in it, and it is excellent. Yeah. Wait
1: a,
4: Wait a, a second. second. Just trust me, okay? I need you guys back here now. Wait a minute. What am I looking at? It? This figure here. Whoa, is that? It gets ugly in the horror. Is that figure right? Looks pretty right to me.
6: There are $8 trillion of paper around the world relying on that equation. But well, we were wrong. No, you mean you were wrong. Sir, if
4: those assets decrease by just 25%, that loss would be greater than the current market capitalization of this entire company. How long would it take to clear that from our books? You cannot be doing what you're thinking of doing.
2: So- and the story is basically, the it's a 24-hour Mm-hmm. Scene like a slice of the financial crisis in a 24-hour period.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. It is fiction but based on the crisis actually happening.
2: Right. And so explain mm. a little bit like the of the plot. Yeah,
1: so Zachary Quinto is this like uh, scientist turned financial analyst, which is a whole other problem I probably should have mentioned <laughs> that the financial services sector sucks up a lot of our best and brightest into it yes. to make money mm. rather than make like medicine or new technologies or and stuff like that. Or space things. Yeah. Anyway, so that's or one of space, thing, yeah, space things. Yes, space things. <laughs> that's one example of this and he is able to discover like holy shit like all of our uh, mortgage assets are going to fail and this is probably going to be systemic across the market so all the top executives like put together a plan to offload all this shit as fast as possible without telling anybody just to, to get rid of it mm-hmm. and it's sort of i mean and this all takes place in like a 24-hour period
2: yeah oh. it's excellent and it's like and i also forgot stanley tucci my 100 oh, yeah, yeah. number one favorite
1: after tom he is like yeah i think one of the protagonists yeah, yeah
2: he's great um but yeah, I absolutely recommend Margin Call. Sam Same showed here. it to me a while ago, and we talk about it a lot, actually, <laughs> because it's just so good. And it's really, it's shot like an action movie. Like, it is very fast paced and not boring at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's excellent. Another movie that we haven't seen yet, but now it's on the list after I did a little bit of research on it, ca- is called Too Big to Fail. Is actually an HBO film. I oh, wait, have no, seen you did it see yes, it. Yes, That's idea. right. Did. You did see, see that. that. It was
1: a long time okay, ago. Maybe
2: though. I'm the only one that yeah. you know yeah. who hasn't seen it. It was a
1: long time ago. Uh, uh,
2: I think it was 2011.
1: Yeah, just, yeah, it was in yeah. The 2010 somewhere. But, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That one has like Paul. I can't do his voice. Paul Giamatti. Ah, mother, like motherfucker. goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> okay.
2: And this. Okay, so I watched the trailer for it. I'm probably gonna watch it this week just because I. It looks so awesome. But one of my favorite things is that it has. It portrays real people, mm-hmm. and I love it. It's so satisfying when you have like a movie and the people are cast as like. Real life people mm. and it matches up like Paul Giamatti as Ben Bernanke. You wouldn't think it, but it works so well. And who's the who's
1: um, is in it? Is it not John Hurd What is his name? William Hurd is Hurt. Uh, the you know Henry Paulson, Hank Paulson, the uh, head of the ah, Thunderbolt Trust. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> head of the Treasury at the time. I, mean, I forget the rest of the cast, but you can just roll it. Wall Street has a gambling problem, they never learn anything. We don't do this now
6: we won't have an economy on monday what are we crossing our fingers i'm sorry let me see if i understand this are you directing us to put lehman into bankruptcy Uh, give us a moment
0: Counted uh, "What Up" from Billy Crudup, Toba yeah. Grace," and "America's Ed Sweetheart," <laughs>
1: "America's Sweetheart," James Woods, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony yeah. Shalhoub. Uh, America's Rose, Tony I Shalhoub. Love him.
2: <laughs> uh, this looks excellent. Yeah, uh, it is pretty good. I I, and it's more about, I guess, the bailout part of yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Okay. But H-
0: HBO movies are like just the right kind of terrible for me because it all pretty terrible movies but no, it's like say but, I say that but it's a good it's always like a good summation of a historical event that yeah. doesn't doesn't mm. doesn't over dramatize things too much because they kind of want to bore you with every detail remember that that recount movie like yeah. they bothered to shoot here at you know. like the yeah.
1: fourth quarter bar and grill for some reason <laughs> like why
0: I love that They're place they shot that anywhere like, but they did they made it a point to make it Tallahassee
1: yeah I remember because I was sitting next to um Kevin uh, Spacey in the Delta Lounge and oh, I was right. like what the fuck is he doing here did but he, didn't he, he, did he do do yeah we talked I mean just the pleasantries or did whatever, he touch quick. you he no he didn't and he yeah. was dressed like like I mean, he must have been trying to go incognito or something he was dressed really schlubby oh really did he also like...
2: meet Bob Balaban? though
1: yeah he was with him too he was in, he was in Recount
2: oh, Bob yeah. Alaban Um, so the, another film that I pulled that I remember seeing the trailer for this and then nothing else, I Mm. don't know if it's good or not, but it's called 99 Homes and it kind of, it gets into more of the foreclosure and the eviction and the heartbreak of that. Mm. It's Michael Shannon and, um, Spider-Man himself, Andrew Garfield.
0: I thought you were going to say Tom Holland, you fucking evil person, I'm like <laughs> Andrew Garfield. I'm the worst.
2: Mm. Um, but and it, it goes through basically, um, Andrew Garfield and his mom and his daughter live in a home, and Michael Shannon is the real estate bro- broker who's in charge of basically evic- evicting people, and he I'm comes and get evicts out right them. Now. Yeah, it's really <laughs> creepy. And then because my
0: impression is I could let me top it up with I'm Michael Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> Did
2: That's, he have a stroke? No, oh. he just
0: talks very slow. And menacingly. <laughs> it sounds more like. Um, what did Michael write in that sketch? I hope you enjoy the shape. Of my water, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I had to flip Michael off in the first read through of that to not laugh my ass off. To give Michael and Shannon the titular line in Shape of Water was
1: he was he the, in Boardwalk Empire? Was yeah, 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 he works. Yeah, okay. He's like the
0: only reason to watch that mm. awful, boring show. <laughs> oh, the
2: first time I saw him was in Revolutionary Road, which I think we'll be covering in thirty twenty ten soon. Oh, and oof. Anyways, so ninety nine homes though is like really shows the heartbreak of the eviction mm. situation. How bad it is and andrew garfield ends up having to work for michael shannon to help evict people and it doesn't really get into like what we've been talking about as mm-hmm. far as like what happened behind it but i wanted to pull it anyways just because like i don't think people unless you've gone through i i mean i've never had to go through the process of being evicted from my own home and having it yeah. being foreclosed on sam But sam and we- i
0: to avoid that had to like like contact someone to try and fight this lady like there are too many rats here maybe we shouldn't have to worry about defaulting on the rent and just move out before the lease yeah up. yeah and <laughs> thank god we had good advice this mm-hmm.
2: just really shows like how heartbreaking and horrific it is at lauren Dern's, laura dern is also in it too so play a little bit of that tray.
6: let's get cooking what the sheriffs are here
3: why are they here
6: my name is
5: Rick Carver. I'm a licensed real estate broker. This home has been foreclosed on. No, it's not happening. I need you, your mom, and your son to step off the property. This is, this is not your home. Mr.
6: Carver, no, please don't Sir, You have two minutes. Pack whatever belongings you need. Oh, my God. Does he have to stand there while she packs up? Is that right?
0: Shannon yeah. was vaping at the end of the Yeah, I know. I saw that. That's an
2: interesting <laughs> He's got detail. he Stephen Dorff vapes. Yeah, with the blue light at the end. <laughs> this
1: kind of reminds me of the uh, very beginning of Capitalism, A Love Story.
0: Was
2: That's that the name what of I was where talking the to, to break go. or
1: breaking the door down to yes, evict somebody.
0: and that at the end of the movie, Michael Moore takes you to somewhere in the Midwest where the, the sheriff's office is just like, we will not be escorting anybody towards eviction. In fact, we will now stand in front of evictors. And, oh yeah, and it's, and it's I always meant to look in like well, how long did that last? Yeah, <laughs> right. before like the feds came in and like no, the evictors are the <laughs> the real people who deserve justice here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, that is how the movie ended. Like him like finding law enforcement that would protect people from eviction. Mm-hmm. Like which right. which it makes me want to, Misty just now because it's like the opposite of the police directive, mm-hmm. um, and it's inspiring to see them actually. Come in and protect people like that. Yeah. And I don't, I can't imagine that story as a great end because I just, I don't see them winning in, um, against big, big banks like
1: that. No, probably not.
2: Well, speaking of capitalism, a love story though, <laughs> Sam, you've watched a lot of the documentaries. Do you have any that you would recommend anyone uh, who wants to like study more?
1: You know, I,
0: I've, I've avoided this because I, I have such a poor understanding of yeah. this. And I'm afraid
2: it's going to be so dry, you know? And like, I mean, I remember, I remember
0: watching the, the, oh, the one on Enron. Was it the smartest yeah, guys the smartest in the room? Smartest guys
1: in the room because that explains a different kind of economic failure that that, yeah. that comes from energy. Yeah, I mean that's a very good doc- uh, documentary. Uh, but really, those two I mentioned from Frontline, uh, I believe it's 2009. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think one is called The Fall, and the other might be Too Big to Fail. Okay. But, and uh, your taxes paid for them, so you should be able to find them. Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: definitely. <laughs> uh, well, w- and because it's me, I also want to recommend a book. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> Sorry. R- reading.
0: Sorry. Let me know when. I, uh, let me know when Adam Scott makes a movie. After.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's an excellent novel that I actually read this year called Behold the Dreamers. Um, it's by um, someone by the name of Mbolo Mbue, and it's a story of two families during the midst of the 2008 uh, financial crisis. And the, one of the families is a family of Cameroon um, immigrants to New York City, and the patriarch, the, the father and the husband, drives a limo. And he drives a limo for Uh, another father and husband who is an investment baker who's like in the midst of the crisis and it follows both families and shows how the crisis has affected them and you know that's one of the interesting ripples i think to explore Mm -hmm. uh from all this is that once these banks and you know financial institutions started letting go of people it's not just like you know the bad guys that lost their jobs. In fact, most of them didn't. A That's lot of the it was the big assistance. short ending I wanted to see. Sure, yeah. The, everyone
0: went to jail. Everyone got their money back. Just kidding. No, yeah, nobody exactly. went to
3: jail.
2: <laughs> but the, a lot of people who suffered were the people who were the assistants, the cleaning companies, the catering mm-hmm. companies, the limo drivers, the people, the. Real blue collar working class people who, mm-hmm. no, all of a sudden their services were no longer needed, and because mm-hmm. you know they were cutting back. I mean, I think Diana even talked about she worked for yeah. a party planning event planning, event yeah. planning and, and could th-
0: feel her job being evaporating, yes. from underneath her
2: because like exactly. this is not
1: something we're gonna be able to justify, yeah, and yeah. and the uh, the big short the book is pretty good too. I really liked it oh, uh, by yeah. Michael Lewis. Pretty mm-hmm. much anything. By Michael Lewis is good if it doesn't have to do with baseball. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to recommend a little book.
0: Uh, it's one page. And it's called Voting. Yeah. And you should you <laughs> should vote right now because there is a certain sect of the country that is very comfortable uh, dangling on the precipice of this happening again,
1: mm-hmm. um, raising the deficit and whatnot. I don't know what you think how close we are to something like this again. So I mean, a recession is going to happen sooner or later. It always does. Mm-hmm. It's probably it's not going to happen this year. There's a chance it could happen next year, it'll probably happen by 2020 whether it's mm-hmm. as bad as the one before, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of hard to say. it feels because it, it,
0: it makes you want to brace yourself for something worse because there's something there's something about cowtowing to financial interest more than it, it, human interest that doesn't that seems to have the same result over and over again and it gets yes. catastrophically worse every time it happens yeah
1: and it's just when they use a the term too big to fail nothing should be too big to fail it should not be that large right. they don't do trust busting anymore the last time off the top of my head i can recall that happening was like the microsoft the bell company maybe mm. and um back in the 80s where they busted that's up all the right. phone companies. I think we, we read about that. Yeah. yeah, that's why
0: everything's like basically all AT&T. That's right. Or yeah. Based on AT&T but infrastructure. All
1: those companies they broke them up into have consolidated right. back and now they are AT&T, Verizon, mm. and Sprint.
2: Well, one of the other things too, I think that maybe a good thing that came out of all of this and one that I want us to, like, us to consider more is that this financial crisis has, is affecting our generation the most. Like, our baby boomer mm. parents, they're going to not be with us you know and they will not have to feel the ripples as long as we will and especially things that we talked about before like this new gig economy that's going to be around for a while that's affecting a lot of us and a lot of our friends um so, I, one of the things that I am buoyed by is that I do think our generation is better about being honest about things and honest yes. about the stuff that we're going through. And I know one of the things that I've noticed is mental health. Like, I'm very open about the fact that I go to therapy and that I've struggled in the past. And I think that's really important. And I've noticed a lot of my friends are more open about that kind of stuff than our parents are. The new frontier I think that is important for us to talk about is financial stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about, like, we were raised by our parents, I think, to we should never talk about money with our mm-hmm. friends. Or with people it's nobody's business but i know that when i've had these conversations with friends and co-workers like yeah i'm really struggling we're not going to go you know we're not we can't go out to eat this week because you know we've got our bills or you know this is how the economy really the only f- lifestyle i want whatever. is
0: being able to not make my own food yeah same here
2: <laughs> <laughs> but i mean like when we talk about our worries and our struggles about mortgages and you know what we're approved for our, mm-hmm. and our our credit card debt we all feel better because we all know we're in the same boat. And I think this era of like pretending like we're all doing so great, we're keeping up with the Joneses and stuff Mm -hmm. is over. And I would like for all of us to be a little bit more honest about our struggles with financial stuff because it's scary and it's less scary when you can talk about it. Mm
0: -hmm. Sure. I got to pay. This is the the dumbest thing I forgot to do. I forgot to, I wanted to cancel my California insurance, Mm -hmm. health insurance. And instead of telling them that, I didn't say anything. <laughs> and it turns out they'll just keep charging you mm-hmm. for it. Oh my God. Uh, and horribly, re- like, devastating your credit rating. It's just something I totally spaced on. Like, I did the responsible thing. I got it here. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. So now I have to pay, like, a giant old bill. Oh, um, wow. Perhaps. That. I thought you perhaps. meant they were, like, auto charging you all this time. They're, they no, they thank God their auto charging has always been broken. Cause it's sad. Cause, like, the thing, I should probably hope for, since I don't. I'm not going to buy a fucking house or a boat anytime soon. So why not have a shitty credit rating and let a debtor take it up so I yeah. pay less <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of paying them four hundred dollars a month for like six months? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I guess you took care of your house and your car already. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, let us know uh, again if you wanted to do it in the comments. We can address this on bonus time. The show we do on patreoncom time. Uh, how the recession affected you. You, I know you already did this in uh, a, a comment set up by uh, the glorious Diana Goodman from 302010, uh, which will be all new this week. Uh, but if you wanted to do it again, we could discuss it more in depth on bonus time at some point. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I do think that would be really cool because, again, Sam knows way more about this shit than I do. Mm-hmm. And, and people's story from that was sort of astonishing. Oh, like yeah. how I don't know many people that required – People to move for But like that's crazy The idea that the economy Makes you move Mm -hmm. It
1: feels like Very old west Well in the case of Like I was talking about With the housing prices going down Sometimes the economy Made it so you couldn't move Sorry but I mean like But like
0: to a new town Or something like that Just Mm -hmm. on the hope That there is something out there for you in this industry mm-hmm. like that that just seems like real old west kind of shit mm-hmm. we're all oh, yeah. playing red dead so you know what i'm talking about <laughs> and there's prospecting out there in Yosemite, uh, but <laughs> patreon.com is how we're supported hopefully that won't get too big to fail or they won't make it just to fuck anybody over because right now there's a bunch of exclusive stuff there i know halloween's over but there's about a 90 minute showcase with a bunch of awesome old hd cartoons. Uh, that you can check out. In addition to, we're wrapping up this week officially. Elm Street Nightmare Season Two, Jason X will be the last thing that hits at the end of the week. Um, that movie is gloriously terrible. Nothing is worse mm-hmm. than Jason Takes Manhattan, but um, I could totally watch Jason X again. It was is, it was fun enough. Is that Jason in space? That is Jason. Yes. In space. Okay. That one is terrible. <laughs> is Uber with Uber Jason. That's the official <laughs> name for the character. Oh boy. Uber Jason. Ugh. Yes. Then um, yes. Then we will say goodbye to our buddy Dave Rudden, who was forbidden from podcasting with us ever again. Of no, course, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Dave rules, uh, and and you should check out him and his lady friend doing uh, the best Twilight Zone episodes. That doesn't need to be Halloween-y but that's last week's episodes. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. And a uh, video game apocalypse this week in honor of Red. Last week in honor of Red Dead was games that are slow starters, already receiving a little bit of flack, but like. I think it's inexcusable for a game to take as long as a Netflix series to start up and show you its (laughs) mechanics. That is not a good use of the medium. Uh, But anyway, uh, that's it for us. Patreon.com slash time Again, price of five bucks, over a hundred. Full-length feature commentaries, which you want to get back into, but YouTube kind of slapped us with it. We can't stream right now. We'll figure out some other solution. We want to keep, whatchamacallit, we want to keep uh, short series, limited series, mm-hmm. as a thing. And I've been talking to Sam about one that we've teased a while ago. Oh, yeah. And um, i talking with an, an, another person about it. another good limited series that we might be doing. And that will be exclusive for patrons not on, like Elm Street Nightmare. So please stay with us. We do need your support. This is... My sole form of income. <laughs> so, like, yeah. uh, if this if this fails, I don't know what I'll do, but um, everyone else is is compensated, and that's, I don't know, it just feels good. It feels yeah. good that you guys are making it happen for us. Uh, so, thank you so much, um, and we're out of here. Bye, Bye guys. on the street
3: red, white, and blue. People shuffling in their feet, people sleeping in their shoes.